Hey, welcome to the official podcast of St. Luke Amy Church located in Garland, Texas. I am Pastor Amos St. John. And I am Pastor Jasmine St. John. We are the lead pastors of St. Luke Garland. And we're so excited that you have decided to listen to this podcast. Listen, we pray that the message you are about to hear will bless you right where you are. If you want to know any more information about our church, you can visit us at stlukegarland.org. Now, get ready for the word. Well, good morning, St. Luke. I am so thankful to be before you this morning preaching the word of the Lord. I am excited. I know that you have been praying for me because I have felt your prayers just kind of getting through this season. And your prayers has allowed me to be with you again this morning. First, I want to just say thank you, thank you, thank you to those of you who had texted or posted on Facebook or social media. Welcome back to your pastor. So we want to say thank you. We are so glad to be reassigned as the pastoral team here at St. Luke AME in Garland. I just wanted to say on behalf of my family uh, that we're so thankful to return once again. And then of course, October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And so I want to uh, pray a special blessing over those who may have presently are dealing with breast cancer or are survivors of breast cancer. We want to uh, pray for you and with you this morning that God continues to be a healer in your life. Go ahead and put in the comments uh, names of persons uh, in honor of breast cancer awareness, those who may either need prayer, Lord God, this morning, or for those who are survivors. We want to celebrate with you this morning. And then let's go ahead and get into the word of the Lord. That's right. This is harvest season. In the last couple of weeks, Pastor Amos uh, has been holding it down here at St. Luke. As you know, upon the death of my father, I had to step away just to kind of get a handle on uh, what this thing called grief is. And so I'm just so thankful to see the light of day. And so our co-pastor, Pastor Amos, has led the charge over the last couple of weeks. And he has started us off in this series called The Harvest is Coming. I get to, uh, you know, the pass the baton uh, and catch it this morning and continue to walk us through this series. And so I want you to join me in the book of John this morning in the fourth chapter. This morning, I'll be reading in your hearing verses 34 through 38 out of the New Living Translation. The Bible says this, Then Jesus explained, My nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. You know the saying, uh, four months between planting and harvest. But I say, wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe for harvest. The harvesters are paid good wages and the fruit they harvest is people brought to eternal life. What joy awaits both the planter and the harvester alike. You know the saying, one plants and another harvests. And it's true, I sent you to harvest where you didn't plant. Others had already done the work and now, come on, say now, now you will get to gather the harvest. Our sermon title for this morning is The Problem, The Purpose, and The Harvest. Come on, The Problem, The Purpose, and The Harvest. Let us pray. 
Oh God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this, your morning, God, another chance to lift up your name, oh God, another chance to praise you and worship you and magnify your name, God. God, I thank you for another opportunity to preach your word on today. And so God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, that your Holy Spirit rest upon my lips, that I say what it is that you need me to say on your behalf this morning. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, oh Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. It's in Jesus' name that I pray, amen. It is the problem, the purpose, and the harvest. Church family, the harvest is coming. Come on and put that in the chat in the comments this morning. Say it out loud so you feel it in your spirit. Say, the harvest is coming. If you're like me, when you heard that this sermon series in the month of October was about harvest coming, something leaked down on the inside of you and you were filled with joy because you knew that the harvest is coming. But what is harvest? What does it really mean to harvest? What, what does it mean to be in this season of harvest and reaping? Well, the dictionary defines the word harvest as the period or process of gathering a ripe crop from the fields. It defines reaping as the cutting of grain or pulse for harvest. The key words in the definition of harvest is ripe. Pastor Amos preached last week about the seed going into different soils of life. And when those seeds are ripened for harvest, that is not the time where we get to sit back and rest. Harvesting and reaping is an action of just the opposite. Uh-huh. In the season of harvest and reaping, that's when we have to actually go to work. Contrary to popular belief during harvest, you cannot reap from your seed. You cannot be in the season of harvest and think that you're able to sleep in or do less or fall back or call it quits or leave church or don't come. Ah, but in the season of harvest, that is when you have to get up earlier and stay up later in order to ensure that you have gathered all the seed that is ripe for the picking. Ask any farmer, they would tell you that the harvest season is the busiest season of the year. Watch any Hallmark movie like me in the fall season and you will see at least a few movies uh, where the lead characters are panicking about harvest season. And you know, being from Maryland, the proximity of farm to market has changed over time due to the rapid pace of development. And so it wasn't until we moved to Dallas that we lived off of a road called Farm to Market 423. It wasn't until our, uh, we lived here that our house's proximity to a farm is less than one mile. And we have the ability to observe farmers and ranchers throughout the various seasons. On any given day or evening, you may turn the corner and find yourself right behind a, a tractor on the main road. It was one evening in particular, I can recall seeing the largest John Deere tractor I had ever seen as it was getting into position to cut down the grain and harvest the corn that had been growing for a year or so. It's amazing to see that they started at sunset and did not finish until morning time, ensuring that they had gotten every piece of ripe seed that had been planted in the previous season than this one. Harvest is coming. 
Oh, 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 don't start. Don't stop celebrating now. Now that I have told you that harvest and reaping takes work. Don't don't stop celebrating. The harvest is coming now because more often than not, we we associate that the harvest in which we reap the bounty and the overflow uh, is associated is not associated with tasks or intensive labor. When we think of the word harvest, we think of the benefit, the blessing, the after the work uh, of harvesting and reaping. Problem is St. Luke's seed is not going to plant itself. It won't be cultivated on its own. We can't just throw seed onto the ground with no rhyme or reason and pray that it grows into a bounty that we can reap. Or we can begin to plant seed with a purpose to expect a bountiful harvest. That means that purpose that we are looking for means that we're going to have to do a little bit more than we are used to. You see, a seed needs three things in order to grow. A seed needs water, oxygen, and the right temperature in order for it to germinate and grow so that it can be reaped. In our text this morning, Jesus has just encountered the Samaritan woman who he had taught about the very water that she needed to grow. He spoke to her about being the living water. What is interesting about this text and what provides context to this narrative is that in verse four, it says that Jesus had to go through Samaria. If we're asking questions about the text as we should, as we begin to read our Bible, you may ask yourself, well, why did Jesus have to go through Samaria? I'm glad you asked. You see, back then, the Jews and the Samaritans did not get along at all. The Jews would typically go around Samaria versus going through Samaria to avoid having to deal with Samaritans. In fact, they hated each other as Samaritans considered themselves to be the true people of God. And the Jews believed that they were the chosen nation of God. So you can imagine that there was much friction and religious divide and cultural division between the Jews and the Samaritans. As hated as the Samaritan Samaritans were in our present day context, we could never imagine Samaritans being hated or being bad people because after all, it is where we get the term, the good Samaritan. However, back then to say such things as a good Samaritan would be likened to say the good terrorist. You see, Jesus had to go through Samaria in order to change the narrative about Samaritans. And he finds himself at the well by himself with an unnamed woman because the disciples had gone into the village to get something to eat. And there that woman was at the well where Jesus teaches her the lesson of living water. Water is what that seed needed. Who, who is the seed? Anyone who is open to receive the goodness and grace of God, who is thirsty for all things of God through Christ Jesus. The seed in this story is the woman at the well who received the water and she received oxygen that is needed through her conversation with Jesus, where Jesus revealed to her that he was indeed the Messiah. There she was at the well, and it was right there in verse 21, where it says that Jesus replied, believe me, dear woman, 
The time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. Well, what are you saying to us, Jesus? If the harvest is coming, jump down to verse 23, where it says, but the time is coming. Indeed, it's here now when true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and in truth. The father is looking for those of us who will worship him that way. That means then the seed is us. Within us are the gifts and the fruit of the spirit that will yield a harvest that is right for worship no matter where we are. We don't have to wait until we return into the building for God is saying he is looking for those who will worship him, not just on the mountain in Samaria and not just in Jerusalem, but he is looking for those who will not just worship him on the corner of West Avenue E. He is looking for those who will not just worship him when our favorite song is sung. He is looking for those who will not just worship him on pay weekend. He is looking for those who will not just worship him because you're like the pastor, but he is looking for those who are willing to worship him no matter where you are and no matter what time it is in spirit and in truth. And that is the right temperature. Third thing that a seed needs is the right temperature. You, you, I know you hear me say the right temperature and assume that there's a correlation between the right temperature and harvest. And it means that everything has to be perfect. Everything has to be right. But can I clue you in the right temperature for a seed to germinate is at a minimum 80 degrees. And I don't know about you, but 80 degrees is pretty hot. If you ask me at a minimum, Jesus, the seed needs 80 degrees when the heat turns up. That's when, you know, the seed is uh, getting ready to germinate and that the harvest is on the way. We have been declaring all month that the harvest is coming. We've been declaring all month that the harvest is coming. We've been declaring all month that the harvest is coming. And I know that some of you are wondering, well, where is the harvest? Well, beloved, you have been praying for some things to come. You have been praying for your children to get their lives together. You have been praying to be a better husband, to be a better wife. You have been praying uh, to be more faithful and giving. You have been praying for peace in your home. You have been praying for the harvest. However, the harvest can come disguised as a problem. When you, when you see harvest coming, all you're going to see is that problems are coming your way. One thing after another, after another. But instead of just looking at the problems, look for the purpose. What you have been calling a problem is your harvest on the way. Your kids not acting right. Your grandkids not acting right. Your kids going through your grandkids going through. You're going through something's going on over here. Something's going over there. What? Where is the harvest job talking about furlough and sequestration and, and laying off persons uh, talking about further cutbacks? Where is the harvest? There's tension in your house. Where is the harvest? You're not seeing eye to eye. You can't seem to find common ground. Where is the harvest? It. Uh, if one thing is going right, then all of a sudden everything is going upside down. You need to ask, where is the harvest? What you have been calling a problem 
is the signal that the harvest is coming. We talked about the seed needing water. We talked about the seed needing oxygen. And we talked about the seed needing that right temperature, that, that temperature that turns up the heat. You feel the pressure is on. But we did not elaborate this week on the environment in which the seed needs to grow in. The seed, the seed in order for it to grow has to be planted beneath the soil. My goodness, it has to be buried under the soil, the dirt that Pastor Amos preached about last week in that dirt. There may be some nutrients uh, that come in the form of something that just doesn't smell so good. It may come in form of something that looks like it might actually destroy the seed. But it is in the soil that the seed begins to grow and begins to break through towards its purpose. God is saying that your blessing is going to come from an unexpected source in an unexpected way. The disciples didn't believe that when they were going to go through a town like Samaria, that they were going to be blessed with a harvest. But Jesus had to go through Samaria to show them and to show us that harvest time does not come when everything is going right. It's going to come when it feels like the temperature is too hot to handle. It's going to come when you have been through some stinky, smelly dirt. It's going to come in a season that you least expect it. Where, where is the proof in the text, Pastor? I am glad you asked. You see, when Jesus reveals himself as the Messiah to the woman who happened to be at the well at high noon, at the hottest hour of the day, because she was avoiding the other women in the village who had came earlier that day to the well. She ran and told everyone, come see a man who told me everything about myself, one who could be the Messiah. And the people began streaming from the village to see him. The disciples returned and asked him if he had eaten, if anyone had come to bring him some food, which brings us then to our text this morning where Jesus says to them, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. You know the saying four months between planting and harvest, but I say, wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe for harvest. Wake up and look around. What, what do you think when they, they saw when they looked around? What do you see? What do you think they saw when they woke up and looked around? They, they saw the Samaritans streaming in from the village to see and hear about this Jewish man named Jesus who proclaims to be the Messiah. Despite cultural differences, despite religious differences and tension, and despite a history of hating each other, the seed began to grow and went out and yielded the harvest. The harvest came. Jesus is saying the same thing to us, St. Luke. Harvest is coming. Wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe for harvest. Corn is not going to pluck itself. Wheat is not going to cut itself down. We must go to work and roll up our sleeves and do the work. 
We must go work the fields uh, that have been grown through the testimony of our lives, through what God has done for us. We must continue to, uh, to plant our seeds with water and oxygen and the right temperature for growth. We have to approach our problems through the lens of the purpose and ask ourselves in tough situations, where is the harvest? The good news this morning is that when you look back over the last few months, when, when I look back over the last few months of even my life that I've had to endure, I know without a shadow of a doubt that the harvest is coming. So don't be discouraged, don't be dismayed. God is going to bless you through this season. You are the seed and he is pouring the water giving you oxygen and turning up the heat to the right temperature because the harvest is on the way. Harvest is coming. The fields are already ripe. Jesus is saying, wake up and look around. Right where you are, you are blessed. Right where you are, you have something to give. Right where you are, you have something to sow. Right where you are, you have ministry inside of you. Right where you are, there is leadership inside of you. And the harvest is coming. I pray that the word encourages you this morning. I pray that you receive it today. That if you're going through something, there is purpose in that problem. The purpose is that the harvest is coming. And God is going to use you to not only bless your family, not only bless the people that you know, but to bless those who you do not know. And we are going to reap the harvest, St. Luke. Oh, come on and praise the Lord with me. Come on and bless his name this morning. I want to extend this invitation for those of you who may not know about this Jesus I've talked about this morning, about being the Messiah. Before I extend the invitation, I want to pray for those who may have been discouraged in this season where you have heard us preach about the harvest is coming and felt like you had nothing to give. You're so far away from harvest season that you may be going through something right now this morning and you just need an extra boost of encouragement this morning. I wanna pray for you. So come on, let's pray together. Oh God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this, your word. We thank you for the problem. We thank you for the purpose and we thank you for the harvest that is coming. God, we have seen our church go through seasons, oh God, and we stand ready to work the field. God, we stand ready for the seed is ripe and we are thankful that you're using us as vessels, that we are also seeds, God, that you're growing us to be ripe for ministry. I pray right now in the name of Jesus for those who may have been going through and need encouragement this morning. God, that they couldn't see your hand at work. But God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that you are speaking to them even now. Fill them up, O oh God, and renew their spirit, God. Create in them a clean heart, O oh God. And we pray right now in the name of Jesus that as they go through this week, God, they can feel you near. As they go through this week, they can feel you near. But you are teaching us how to grow in the right environment through stinky situations, oh God, through, through things that don't even seem to make sense, oh God. On the other side of that, Lord, remind us that the harvest 
is coming and it's going to not only bless us directly, but it's going to bless our, our city, our village, those around us and those that we don't even know. We're so thankful to be used this morning. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Now I want to offer the invitation to those of you who do not know Jesus and who never proclaim him as your Lord and Savior, but today you want to acknowledge him as such. I'm offering this invitation to discipleship this morning, and the Bible says that if you declare with your mouth and believe in your heart that he is Lord, that you are saved. I want you to pray this prayer with me this morning, and come on church, let's pray together for those who may be wrestling with accepting Christ into their heart. Come on, let's pray. Say with me, Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I am sorry. I come before you now, believing in my heart that you are indeed the Messiah. I believe that you were born and I believe that you died for my sins. I believe that you rose in three days and that you are coming back again one day soon. I want you to enter into my heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Clean me up, O God. And allow me to live out my life declaring before anyone who asks from this day forward that I am saved, I am saved, I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, family, we pray that this word has encouraged and inspired you. And right where you are, go ahead and subscribe to this podcast so that you can listen to the word of God each and every single week. If you want to know more information about St. Luke Garland, or if you want to sew, please visit our website at stlukegarland.org. We'll see you next week.